Ladies and gentlemen, theys and thems, weavers of all races and subclasses, welcome to This Dungeon is Occupied. My name is Illidine, and together with Thorn and Bone Daddy as your hosts, we wish to help you as players and game masters, from the aspiring to the veteran, with questions, ideas, and interviews for your next tabletop role-playing game experience. Hello! Uh, hello, and uh, good evening. Uh, we are going to do an episode on Rogues. Uh, oh, I don't want to. Rogues suck. Excuse Rogues are my favorite. Mouth. Nobody likes you. <laughs> I see uh, Anyway, yeah. this is coming from somebody that always wants to play a magic user. Wait, think, aren't you playing a rogue this arc? It's hardly a rogue when I'm like psychic. I have a psychic blade. Yeah, but it's a soul blade it's a rogue. Si- yeah, it's a soul blade rogue. <laughs> I'm, I'm a psychic. Rogue is in the title. <laughs> I guess whatever. This is a great start to the episode, guys. I love you. Um, <laughs> it's us. It's just the way it goes. Yeah. Uh, so, Rogue is obviously one of my favorites uh, to play. Uh, Mine too. Illidian actually started as a uh, arcane trickster, which we'll get into. Uh, but um, for those of you who are new to playing the game. Uh, Rogue is one of the classes that you can use in D&D, uh, and I'll read a little snippet. Uh, okay. Yes, it's uh, it's from Wizards of the Coast in the Player's Handbook of D&D. Uh, trademarked. Was, trademarked, uh, you know, no, no copyrights or anything. Uh, but rogues devo- uh, devote as much effort to mastering the use of a variety of skills as they do to perfecting their combat abilities, giving them a broad expertise that few other characters can match. Many rogues focus on stealth and deception, while others refine the skills that help them in a dungeon environment, such as climbing, finding and disarming traps, and opening locks. Uh, Potter. Also, <laughs> I'm really sorry, everybody, um, in advance. <clears throat> if you hear me just, like, grossly inhale, I guess. Because <laughs> yeah. right now. You'll uh, hear the inhale, and then he'll be able to hit mute. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, so I guess what we'll do, like we do with the other ones, I'll, I'll read the basic class features uh, and then discuss. Good with you guys? That works. All right. Class features. Again, not trademarked by any of us. Uh, trademarked by Wizards of the Coast, Dungeons and Dragons, in the Player's Handbook, page 95. Uh, you get a, a hit dice of 1d8 per rogue level. Uh, when you start at, at first level, it's 8 plus your constitution modifier. Uh, and then you get proficiencies in light armor, simple weapons, hand crossbows, long swords, rapiers, and short swords. Uh, you get thieves tools. Uh, your saving throws are dexterity and intelligence. And you get to choose four skills, which is atrocious, uh, from acrobatics, athletics, deception, insight, intimidation, investigation, perception, performance, persuasion, sleight of hand, and stealth. It's awesome. Uh, yeah, that was almost all of them. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, so you get to pick four of those. Um, and it kind of just depends on where you're going with your with your rogue. Um, you know, if, if you're if you're going with thief, obviously you're gonna want the sleight of hand and stealth and uh maybe a a persuasion if you happen to get caught or deception. It's so much better than any magic user, Robbie. <laughs> Ever. Why, if it's so much better than any magic user, why did they have to give a magical version of it? <laughs> Nobody plays that except Illidine. 
Well, yeah. Somebody I mean, was like, true. you know what? You know what the rogue's missing? Magic. <laughs> no. Like, you know what? Too. You know what? All of your magic users are missing? Constitution. That's fair. <laughs> Bro, you can't throw your rogue at me for the constitution part of it, considering like hey, rogues, even if class. even with a low HP, rogues can bounce around. We're gonna get to the get to those, but you know, dude, with- dude rogues first level beats anything magic users can do, and it's oh, expertise. Guarantees. Yeah. Expertise. Do you have that up, Thorne? Do you want to read that I- one? Yeah, I I can read that one. That it makes my nipples hard. <laughs> Expertise at first level. Choose two of your skill proficiencies, or one of your skills proficiencies, and your proficiency in thieves' tools. Your proficiency bonus is doubled for any ability check you make that uses either of the chosen proficiencies, and it's amazing to be able to stack that. Oh yeah, that right there, the first level that lets you stack that kind of thing. I'm, I'm come on. That's, and then you don't have to use a feat for it. It's out of first level is given to you. Yeah. And then at, at sixth level, it upgrades and you get to choose two more proficiencies in skills or with t- t- uh, thieves tools, which to I usually, I usually use the, the feat for it. Yep. And then, so you get like five expertise levels. Yeah. Can I do the next one. I'll yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's see. And then there's, Oh, look, it's sneak attack. The only reason no <laughs> one plays a rogue. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I like rogues. Um, yeah, I love rogues. Rogues are great. I'm playing one right now. <laughs> um, so sneak attack, beginning at first level, you know how to strike subtly and exploit a froze weakness. Once per turn, you can deal an extra 1d6 damage to one creature you hit with an attack if you have advantage, if you have advantage on the attack roll. The attack must use a finesse or ranged weapon. The cool thing is, is that it lists that if you have an advantage on the attack roll, you technically don't need to be hiding. You don't need to hide and then do a sneak attack. Yeah. Sneak attack. As long as you have advantage somehow with this attack roll, you can still do the sneak attack damage. You also don't need advantage on the attack roll of another enemy of the target is within five feet of it. The enemy is incapacitated and you don't have disadvantage on the attack roll. And the amount of extra damage increases as you gain levels in this class as shown in the sneak attack column of the rogues table. And I'm going to say this, that extra dice, you know, it starts out kind of crappy. You only get like one D six, but it goes up so quickly. It does that. You have like a one D eight for, or one D one D eight for a rapier, right? Yeah. So you have a one D eight for a rapier, but by the time you hit fifth level, you get to add three D six to it. Yep. And, and Oh, it goes up like by yeah. the time you're level 20, it's 10 D six extra. Yeah. Like you're, you're one shotting people by level 20. I mean, honestly. Yeah. Well, you can one D shit. We, you can one D like lesser characters by level 10. Yeah. One shot. I'm just dead. Uh, and then my favorite part about the rogues is the RP. Um, yes. And you get thieves can't. Um, 
Yes. And uh, during your rogue training, you learned Thieves Cant, a secret mix of dialect, jargon, and code that allows you to hide messages in seemingly normal conversation. Only another creature that knows Thieves Cant understands such messages. It takes four times longer to convey such a message than it does to speak the same idea plainly. In addition, you understand a set of secret signs and symbols uh, used to convey short, simple messages, such as whether an area is dangerous or the territory of a thieves guild <clears throat> this really that. that's cool yeah i use this in my campaigns every single time it adds yeah. it adds a little bit of mystery to it because if you have a party that knows these can't great you walk into a as you're walking into a shop you see on the right hand side that there's a thieves can't symbol there uh signifying that there might be some extra goods uh if you know, one was to know the password. Uh, there's ways of w- if the party doesn't know uh, Thieves Cant, if not a single person does, then now you have these mysterious symbols that can be seen on a, you know, a, a perception check of some kind. Uh, and it just adds that extra mystery. So now you've got this shopkeep, especially if no one knows Thieves Cant, you've got the shopkeep that is now a, mis- a mystery to the players. Um it's just by far the best RP for this class period. Like that is, that is what that's for. Yes. And if you have like two players that speak thieves can't, everybody doesn't have to, but they can communicate behind other people and nobody's going to know what you're saying. It makes for good RP. It makes for good drama. Yeah. And it's, it's an, it's an amazing thing. We have never kept secrets from our party. What are you talking about, Thorne? (laughs) Never. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) <laughs> but these kind of really adds that extra layer of flavor to your to your stories because it allows your rogues to have like their own like their own like secret connection it's great i, I love using thieves cancel thieves cancel as well because like it's like essentially functions as a whole nother language yeah and also it's really fun to have people trying to like they're like can i learn these cancel language and i'm like maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, you can you can use it definitely as a uh Okay, if you want to learn Thieves Cant as a player, your character has to find a way to learn that. Like you either have to find a, a guild or you know pick it up, and so that's that's a lot or of you, like down. You have stuff. to have yeah, you have to have a rogue willing to teach you. Yeah, plain and simple. Uh, Robbie, you got the next one. Cutting action. I do. Cutting action. Starting at second level, your quick thinking and agility allows you to move and act quickly. You can take a bonus action each of your turns. This action can be used to take dash, disengage, or hide. Just more, more cool, fun stuff uh, that will allow you to... Essentially, the road's really cool because it's got that setup um, for you that it lets you... Um, that you can like set yourself up for that extra, um, the extra damage from your sneak attack. So the dash, disengage, and hide actions, like the ability to do those, will allow you to set up that advantage. So you're like always ready to do sneak attack damage. Yeah, uh, this is where we're starting to get into the more tactical side of uh, of the rogue, um, because you know at, at third level you get your roguish archetype, which we'll get into, um, and at fourth level you get your ability score increase. But at fifth level you get uncanny dodge, uh, and when when an attacker that you can see hits you with an attack you can use your reaction to have the attacks damage against you. This could be fire breath. 
from a dragon. This could be just a, you know just a regular quote unquote regular uh, Goliath swinging a gigantic maul. Uh, if you're Use a patron, the- if you're a patron, <laughs> you know of Colrog the Barbarian. If that dude is swinging, you're gonna want to use your uncanny dodge for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he's a 20th level barbarian, yeah. giant. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I, I, to be honest, when when you get into uncanny dodge, cunning action, your reaction to have is huge. But the biggest thing that I want to point out about cunning action that a lot of people don't realize is the disengage action. Usually when you step away from a character or from a, from somebody attacking you, they have, they can use their bonus action to hit you, or actually it's not even that it's an extra action. They can hit you when you leave the five feet Yeah. with this, they can't that takes away that attack from them. Yeah. And it uses your bonus action. So it's, it might not even be used at that point. Cause you get that at second level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're talking everything up to now to the, to the cunning action has been first and second level. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah. That is a lot. And it's all for your advantage. Every bit of it's for your advantage. And it oh, yeah. makes such a huge difference. I've used every bit of those in, in early level thieves, um, assassins and we'll get into all those in a second but the the bonus you get from just the disengage action or the hide you know shoot shoot your crossbow hide mm-hmm. i mean that gives automatically it's a disadvantage for somebody to hit you yeah and yeah. for story weavers out there don't get upset when your players are using that because i get it that you know this cunning action thing okay i shoot an arrow and then i use my my act my bonus action to hide uh yeah it's annoying that they're like plinking off your uh your attackers but that's that's the whole point that's why they're wanting to play this character um they're using their strengths against the enemy and they're also the, using their brain yeah and the only thing that i say is that, hey if they're using their strengths against your creatures use your creature strengths against them it, all it is is balancing of challenges. Um, you know, don't. Uh, I have been at a table where I have been told, "No, you can't hide." Well, why not? I have cutting action. No, I, there, there's nothing to hide behind. Well, I have you know a plus ten to stealth. Well, you, you just can't hide. Like, don't do that. You just you know let them do their thing. Uh, find a different way to challenge your player. Uh, going on to seventh level you get evasion uh you you can nimbly dodge out of the way of certain area effects such as a red dragon's fiery breath or an ice storm spell when you are subjected to the effect that allows you to make a dexterity saving throw to take only half damage you instead take no damage if you succeed on the saving throw and only half damage if you fail like if you fail you're taking half damage it's so good this is one of my favorite abilities with the the rogue because this shows their resilience as like the party members because who's the rogues rogues with um the ability to like if you even like give them a little bit of ability to be in medicine Mm -hmm. um rogues are essentially the ones that are the survivors for the group absolutely everybody's like alive at the end of it like um especially when fighting a dragon so, so when fighting a dragon, this evasion ability comes in handy a lot because you can avoid, technically avoid all the damage. 
And so everybody's just burnt to a crisp and the rogue's like, I'm okay. And uh, comes out and, and is just bandaging people up and uh, kind of makes sure that the team doesn't like go down. Like there's no TPK. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Thorne, you want to take reliable talent? Yeah, reliable talent is, is again, it's, it's one of my favorites because you have refined your chosen skills until they approach perfection. Whenever you make an ability check that lets you add your proficiency bonus, you can treat a D20 roll of nine or lower as a 10. Nice. By that point, a lot of your ability checks could be, you know, three, four. So trust me, a 13 or a 14 is way better than a three. Oh, yeah. You know, so yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's such, and it's 11th level. I understand it's a while, mm-hmm. but it adds so much more than a lot of the other classes can add because it's adding to your roles for basic things. Yeah. And, and hey, it's I mean, so much better going, going through a, a, a first level to level 20 campaign. Sure. It's hard, but it can be done. We have done it. Yes. Uh, and uh, we actually do have an episode, uh, shameless plug. Uh, we have an episode about getting your party to a 20th level campaign and then beyond and actually doing an epic level campaign. Uh, so check out those episodes. But yeah, no, so it, fun. It, it is fun and it, it is doable. And it's to me, I like the the higher level stuff because you can as a story weaver, you could throw out whatever you want at the party. And sometimes they survive, sometimes they don't. But that's the fun of it. It's not always a gang of goblins or, um, you know, a, a, a gelatinous cube. No, you're, you're throwing demons and devils and dragons and all kinds of fun stuff. Um, and honestly, if you don't want to go through a long campaign, you can also just start at 11th level or 14th level. I believe uh, uh, Critical Role's Exandria Unlimited uh, Calamity that Brennan Lee Mulligan uh, story weaved for that one started at level 14. So you can do it. It's easy. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, and the next ability that we have is the blind sense, which is one of my favorite ones to use because um, it's, it's very, it is like a, a, a niche ability because starting at level four, starting at 14th level, you're able to hear or you're aware of the location of any hidden or invisible creatures within 10 feet of you. But it comes in handy later on, especially at level 14 when things have high have higher abilities. Like when being invisible is something that most things might have. Mm-hmm. Like something just gains invisibility. You know, it also comes in handy when dealing like with wizards or if something's like following you. Um, it makes you very aware and uh, kind of a an important aspect when like fighting something that's like trying to like hide and sneak up on the group. So I like blind sense. Yeah, it, sure. it makes sense for, for rogues to have that. Exactly. Because it's hard to sneak up on somebody that's so aware of their surroundings. And it's hard to sneak up on somebody who's really good at sneaking up on everybody else. Yeah, they exactly. Really, they know what to look for. And, the, and if you so pair that, and if you pair that with uh, the alert feet, like that's it. Like you're, you're fine. And, uh, and we'll talk <laughs> about this at some point. That's my absolute favorite feat. Yeah. My absolute favorite. That's the first feat I take always because it gives you a plus five to your initiation. Yeah. It's very, um, very spy versus spy. Like if you had <laughs> that was like also had blind sense, they're just like finding each other all the time. Yeah. 
Okay, at 15th level, you have acquired greater mental strength, which it, it basically, I mean, it's called slippery mind. It's not the best thing, yeah. but if you're, if you're fighting a lot of magic users, it's really good to have a proficiency in your wisdom saving throws. Yeah. And that's what it is. It basically gives you another proficiency, which really, when you, when it comes down to it, rogues are about that. It's proficiencies and expertise. It's gaining proficiencies in many things as you can. Yeah. And I think my all time favorite other than like RP wise, but a, a tactical wise elusive at 18th level is so the good. funniest. It's just the, it's just so funny because you are so evasive that attackers rarely gain the upper hand against you. No attack role has advantage against you while you are not incapacitated. So if you are awake and you're not, you know, held still by some kind of spell, if you're just incapacitated, there's no advantage. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if people are flanking you. You could still bounce around, disengage, and hide. Like, huh, that just... <laughs> <laughs> it gets it gets to a really fun tactical if you're into the tactical part of of combat um that could be a really fun one and uh, role play wise i think that you could very easily use um your cunning action your uncanny uh, uncanny dodge and elusive uh in ways to affect your rp you know if it's just something like oh the king goes to slap you and suddenly your body's not there um things like that oh I, i've used elusive so many times it's it's a fun thing and it can affect the rp but just the fact that what i love it when a, a story verse says oh it's a sneak attack and i'm like no it's not yeah <laughs> just no <laughs> yeah, no because of blind sense and alert uh i'm not surprised and i knew where they were the whole time well yeah. why didn't you say anything well, because I didn't want them to, you know, have their ego struck down. I, I mean, I wanted them to at least think that they were hiding. It's just, you know, <laughs> yeah, you get to be real fun. Uh, and then last but not least, before we get into the archetypes, is stroke of luck. Uh, you have an uncanny knack for succeeding when you need to. If your attack misses a target within range, you can turn the miss into a hit. Alternatively, if you fail an ability check, you can treat the d20 roll as a 20 <laughs> once you use this feature you can't use it again until you finish a short or long rest I, the, that's just okay. so dumb to me it seems cool but like i don't know when it comes to like a bomb like ass like 20th level ability um uh i'm used to like a giant extravagant thing i don't know i i think it's okay <laughs> I mean, I agree that it, it it's a little lackluster, but at the same time, because rogues have so much in their kit already, if they gave a uh, bomb ass level 20, like they would automatically be OP. Doesn't matter what the subclass is. It could be the trashiest homebrew and it would still be OP. Um and hey, my homebrew trashy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, do better. We we just think you're trashy. <laughs> but bougie trash. That's what it is. <laughs> Definitely bougie trashy. No, I, I I disagree with both of you. I think it's very, very good. I think that the fact that you can fail an ability check, because that's what rogues nine times out of ten, that's what rogues do is ability checks because they're trying, they do so much other than attack. Right. 
that if you fail an ability check and say it's the, if you're level 20, it's so important that you pass it, that it could be the fate of everybody. And you just roll a one. You're like, nah, that's a 20. Yeah. I mean, that's that's straight big dick moment. That's just like uh, it's there. Yeah. That's true. And on the same thing, like if they're doing an assassinate or something to that effect and they fail. Well, now they succeeded. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be it could be like life or death for the party. And that's when you use that. That's yeah. what that's for. And I think it's a huge thing. And I like it because of that, that yeah. it takes that that essence of it. And it's like the the actual life or death of everybody. And it doesn't matter what I roll because I'm, I'm going to pass it because I have that. Mm hmm. But that's the rogues. That's the rogues. That's the way they are. They work more behind the scenes than on the front lines. Yeah. So. And all of that, I think we're in like a 15, 20 minute episode so far. That's just the base stats and abilities. That's there. We yep. haven't even gotten to the archetypes yet. No, the uh, archetypes are fun, too. Oh, what man. Let's do first. There's. The thief, the assassin, or the arcane trickster. So I uh, will go in order uh, of the book, uh, but just so everyone knows that's listening, we will have another episode uh, with the other archetypes of rogues from uh, Xanathar's and Tasha's. Um, it's way too much <laughs> to put into one episode. Rogues are, rogues are a lot. There's a lot of. There's a lot, <laughs> and it's why it's my favorite. I'm just, it's my favorite one to play. Yeah. I enjoy it so much. Uh, but you know, <laughs> whatever, Bone like Daddy. <laughs> uh, and if you like spellcasters but still want the spell kit uh, or the the kit of a rogue, hey, we have one of those. Do better. Uh, anyway, uh, we're gonna get into thief. Uh, you hone your skills in the uh, Larcenus arts, burglars bandits cut purses and other criminals typically follow this archetype but so do rogues who prefer to think of themselves as professional treasure seekers explorers delvers and investigators in addition to improving your agility and stealth you learn skills useful for delving into ancient ruins reading unfamiliar languages and using magic items you normally couldn't employ uh a really fun one is fast hands Starting at third level, you can use the bonus action granted by your cunning action to make a dexterity sleight of hand check. Use your thieves uh, tools to disarm a trap or open a lock or take the use uh, use an object action. Um, I love fast hands. <laughs> and Thorne, I know this is a thing that you do all the time, but role, role play wise, I mean, hey, walking up to somebody and just going, I want to pickpocket him. That's the sleight of hand. That's that. That's the fast hands. That's it. <laughs> yep. And it's it can make for really good RP, mm-hmm. especially when, like, say, two hours later, they go to reach for something, because this is something that you could do on the DL with with your story weaver and say two hours into a five hour session, a character goes, I want to take my healing potion and it's gone. Yeah, they nah. have no idea, but it's just not there anymore. Now, ex- exclaimer warning. If you're going to do that, make sure that you're in a table that allows that and also is okay with that. Our group, for sure, like it's it's honestly like uh, every, uh, everything goes like no holds barred. No, uh, no, no, it's not like that, is it? Like, because I know no, it is. 
<laughs> you and I have have actually pickpocketed each other in a campaign before. I mean, we have. I mean that, like, yeah, and I don't mind getting pickpocketed. Like, I understand it's all it's all part of the fun of things. But I feel like you you need to not only know the group that you're that you're playing with, but also the people. Like, yeah. you know I mean? well, yeah. You don't know, definitely like, who's going to be like very upset that you take their stuff. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Now I've been in, in tables where that wasn't cool and I still did it and it <laughs> caused a lot of friction, a yep. lot of friction. So definitely make sure your table is okay with this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I like playing characters that cause chaos. So this is part of it. So like with, with Tobin, man, I pickpocketed everybody. Yeah. And on, on the flip side of it, it doesn't even have to be uh, against the party. Uh, because the way that it's worded, it can even be used in combat. So you could you could say like, oh, uh, is the knight that we're fighting, does he happen to have a uh, potion on his belt or or something in his pack? Oh, I don't know. As a story weaver, I would say, well, go ahead and make a sleight of hand check and see what you can get. And if it's high enough, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to give him that healing potion. I'm going to let him uh, pull something really cool out of out of the knight's backpack, you know, if it's if it's super high, if it's a natural 20, he's getting a magic ring or something off the guy's finger. Um, it's just, it, it's such a small skill that can be used. And if, if, if you are creative enough as a player and the story weavers impressed, you're going to get rewarded. It, it is just, it's fun to use. Uh, Bone daddy, you want to do a second story work? Sure. So you're Spider-Man. That's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's that's basically it. <laughs> Start to type at third level. You gain the ability to climb faster and normal than normal. Climbing no longer costs you extra movement. In addition, when you make a running jump, the distance you cover increases by a number of feet equal to your dexterity modifier. That actually is really really cool because like is. you're people don't realize how how frequently that comes up where like. You you're like trying to jump over to something and it's just too far, and then yeah. you miss and you fall. Yeah, and I like the climbing part of it because yeah, a lot of dungeons you have to climb down to things or you, there's a hole in the floor and you have to climb down to things. It yeah. just it's handy when it doesn't cost you extra, especially if there's combat. Like if there's combat and there's a hole or there's a wall you can climb to get above and get advantage like my characters have a tendency to like to jump from high vantage points onto <laughs> enemies and don't get me wrong. You can miss. I've yeah. done it several times and I still do it. It doesn't matter. It's fun to me. And you so it's, the it's yeah, it's just, yeah, I've done that too. Climbing the enemies. There's some big enemies out there. Yeah. And then when you can climb onto the back of a dragon, try to stab him from behind the head. Yeah. I mean, you don't always hit because those skills are really hard. Yeah. <laughs> but you're still on the back of a dragon and they don't like you being there. No. So, and then you have like disadvantage for their hits and it's, it's just fun. <laughs> yeah. And next you have Supreme sneak. Now this to me, so helpful. Mm -hmm. It starts at ninth level. You basically get advantage on any kind of stealth uh, check that you make. And if you move no more than half your movement speed, which is a caveat. Yeah. But to be honest, when you're in combat, you rarely move your full unless you're, it's a really big, big area you're, you're fighting in. Mm -hmm. And the stealth, it just comes in so handy. Yeah. It really does. And having advantage on that, on something you already have expertise in, maybe. 
True. Because that's what you get from that expertise. You might actually be able to get expertise in, in any kind of skill to do with it in stealth, especially as a, as a thief. I mean, come on. So you have expertise. So you get double your, your bonus modifier. And you get a roll twice and take the better roll. I mean, come on, you can't beat that. That's just amazing. Yeah. And that's, it's good. Like you said, in, in combat, you know, as long as your, your, your movement speed is 30 feet. So if you only move 15, nine times out of 10 as a thief rogue, I'm probably going to be doing distance arranged weapons anyway, um, or trying to get something without being seen in a combat situation. So you moving 15 feet, that's fine. A bow has like 60 feet of, of range. It's fine. Yep. You're going to be fine. Uh, but then also like just an RP, if you're yep. not moving, you get that advantage anyway, because you're not moving. So you could just, you know, tell your story weaver, you know, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to move this five, maybe 10 feet. Uh, and that could be five, 10 feet in any direction remember that so you climb better it doesn't cost you extra movement so now you can climb hide have that advantage and now i don't know maybe you're uh instead of thieving a object maybe you're thieving information maybe you're listening in on on a guard's conversation or a politician's conversation uh it's yeah, really it's really fun <laughs> and then you want to take the next one of course i'd love to Oh, look, use magic device. Look how magic keeps popping up. Uh, <laughs> By 13th level, you learn enough about the workings of magic that you can improve the use of items even when they're not intended for you. Improvise the use of items even when they're not intended for you. You ignore all class, race, and level requirements on the use of magic items. That is so fucking cool. I yes. didn't even know that was the thing with these. Yes. Do. Oh yeah. That's 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 like Tobin's base. That's yeah. <laughs> so like a sword that can only be used by like a fucking like elf or like a warrior. Like you could just you forego all the class and race requirements of a uh, of a magical item. Holy mackerel! Yeah, class, race, and level. Like it's that's a lot, just... isn't it? Oh man! Like, oh, you the cannon was for level level twenty. <laughs> yeah. <anymore>. Nope. <laughs> How do you think Tobin Tobin used that for wands? Yeah. That's so cool. He, he used it all for wands. There were so many different wands, different levels, different, and he just used them all because of that right there. Yeah. It's great. And then of course, uh at 17th level, you get thief's reflexes. Uh, when you reach the 17th level, you have become adept at laying ambushes and quickly escaping danger. You can take two turns during the first round of any combat. Let me read that one more time. You can take two turns during the first round of any combat. You take your first turn at the normal initiative and your second turn at your initiative minus 10. You can't use this feature when you are surprised, which, by the way, you can't be surprised by this level because of blind sense and potentially if you took the alert feat so you're always going first <laughs> yep because of alert with and your say, plus five initiative yeah say you got the the alert feat, so that's plus five and then if you do the second alert feat, that's plus 10 and I then mean, your dex modifier which by 17th level you're at should be at four. least four yeah. at least plus four so you're getting like a nine to a 14 on a on a modifier i mean you roll a three you're going first like yep <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. And you, and at this point, like if you need a setup for anything, so like if you need to position yourself, so your first turn position and then do the action in exactly. the Exactly. That's in, that's awesome. Yeah. Not and then it also helps, you know, if let's say um, the rest of the party did get surprised, you at least have some kind of supplemental role that you can help the party, you know, not either not get as as damaged uh, during the surprise round for the enemy or uh, use your second uh, turn to heal, you know, pass a pass a healing potion to your friend or something like that. Um, it's it's very useful. Mm-hmm. You want to introduce the assassino? Sure. I'll introduce the assassin. So the assassin, your for the force. Wow, the force. You focus <laughs> your training. I'm clearly thinking about something else. Um, you focus your Star training Wars. on the grim art of death. Those who adhere to the sergeant type are diverse, hired killers, spies, bounty hunters, and even um and even specially anointed priests trained to exterminate the enemy of their deity. Stealth, poison, disguise, help you eliminate your foes with deadly efficiency. You know what this reminds me of? Um, in Dragon Age, mm-hmm. uh, when you're meeting that, the House of Repose from Valreo, mm-hmm. um, where everybody is trained to be an assassin. Um, that's... That's what, when I think of it, when I think of the assassin archetype, every time someone's like, I'm playing an assassin, I'm like, oh, so cool. It's always either that or Assassin's Creed. I mean, honestly. Yeah. So uh, you do get uh, some bonus uh, proficiencies at, at, uh, by getting this archetype, right? At third level, you gain proficiency with a disguise kit and a poisoner's kit. So, like not only can you get proficiency in a thieves tools kit from just the base stats, now you have proficiencies in disguise and poisoners kit. Um, yeah, that's kind of a niche thing. Disguise kit is very RP heavy. Typically, that's what very. that's gonna that's yeah. gonna be. Um, I'm I would have to really try to think of a combat reason for a disguise kit. Um, I don't think really, but anyway. Uh, and then there's the poisoners kit that allows you to make poison go figure um and that could be something that hey you made a poison uh from your last poisonous or venomous creature uh that you killed you made a poison uh tip your arrows with it why not um pour uh, if it's a political thing pour some poison in some tea i mean it these are just fun (laughs) yeah they are yeah poisoner poisoner's kit actually lets you do a lot of stuff you just have to come up with it you have to think yeah Yeah, i love poison like i love thinking about using poison like it's always like so cool to be like oh i'm creating like this like concoction and i'm going to dip my arrows in and slash people with and then you realize that most enemies in the monster manual um are immune to poison so it's most most monsters monsters. that doesn't mean humans are right or other races some races are because remember, this is an assassin. You don't get sent out to assassinate monsters. Yeah. You get sent out to assassinate political opponents. Um, maybe it's uh, several magic users because nobody likes them. You know what? Campaign idea. I think it would be really cool to have an assassin's guild party. I thought of that. Yeah. And <laughs> just do bounties. Yes. And each bounty is harder and harder. Like they're basically mini heists that turn into 
you know, the assassination at the end of it, but having to have the dungeon map so that you're sneaking through or disguising through uh, each area, uh, doing persuasion and deception checks to get through guard rooms and, and just get to the final destination of, I don't know, uh, a, a mayor for the first one, right? You know, it doesn't have to be the king because then you can't go up from there, uh, really. Uh, but just progressively getting higher assassin uh contracts um yeah you know just all guild, out, like guild enemies Skyrim. yeah guild enemies anything yeah uh, it sounds like that new movie that came out with the, the, the train where he's he's on the train with all the assassins mm. i don't know the movie uh, uh, yeah. um that's the guy's name you know i recognize i recognize him i just don't know is it is it is it Brad Brad Pitt? Is it Brad Pitt? Let me, let me check. Just okay. So yeah. while he's checking, <laughs> I'm going on to the next one, which is actually one of my absolute favorites. It's, yes. it's assassinate. And starting at third level, you are the deadly. You are at your deadliest when you get the drop on your enemies. You have advantage on attack rolls against creatures that hasn't taken a turn in the combat yet. In addition, any hit you score against a creature that is surprised is automatically a critical hit. I'm so, telling you now. Yeah. That is so handy, especially for first rounds. And when you get higher level, it, it gets even better. I mean, just the fact because it, it uses the sneak attack. Yeah. So you get the added damage. Plus, you're, you're hitting at an advantage if they haven't attacked yet. Yeah. And it, can, we, can we make the argument that if you hide... And uh, burst out to attack somebody. Are they considered surprised? Yes. It, yeah. It would. It would definitely depend on the uh, perception checks of the the creatures. But as a story weaver, I would absolutely rule that. Like, if you, if that creature hasn't taken an attack or, or taken a turn yet, and you pop out of hiding, I'd say that you'd be surprised. I mean, come on. That's mm-hmm. that's a given. It's yeah. a given. I mean, come on. And just when you get to higher level, how how much it just gets better. It just because your attacks, the damage you do just goes up with that sneak attack because it's a sneak attack. Yeah. And the next two, and I'll kind of combine the two of them. The next two are what I was talking about with that, that campaign idea. The first one starting at ninth level, you get infiltration expertise. You can unfailingly create false identities for yourself. You must spend seven days and 25 gold to establish the history, profession and affiliations for an identity. You can't establish an identity that belongs to someone else. So that's the only caveat. For example, you might acquire appropriate uh, clothing, letters of intro, uh, an official looking certification to establish yourself as a member of a trading house uh, from a remote city. So you can uh, insinuate yourself into the company of other wealthy merchants. Thereafter, if you adopt the new identity as a disguise, other creatures believe you to be that person until given an obvious reason not to. Roleplay wise, I mean, that's just, that's fun as hell. Um, and that kind of coincides with imposter uh, at 13th level. And like I said, if you, if you want to start a high level campaign, start at level nine, start at level 13 and have this assassin's guild, 
Oh, it could be so much fun. So in, in, in posture at 13th level, you gain the ability to unerringly mimic another person's speech, writing, and behavior. You must spend at least three hours studying these three components of the person's behavior, listening to speech, examining handwriting, and observing mannerisms. You ruse in, is, your ruse is indiscernible to the casual observer. If a wary creature suspects something is amiss, you have advantage on any charisma deception check you make to avoid detection. So that's exactly what I was saying about, hey, you climbed up, you uh, you hid to listen in on some information. At 13th level, you're listening in not only for the information, but you're listening to this person's mannerisms, this person's voice and accent. Uh, and you can just, you know, after after three hours of studying this person, go into their room, read a few letters, no big deal. You have now officially become this person. Uh, and you could use your disguise kit that you're proficient in and at least make a passable, uh, you know, uh, disguise with the infiltration expertise and the imposter and get into a building that normally no one else would be able to. That's just yeah. so much fun. <laughs> oh, and, and I will say this um, assassins, assassins and thieves are very RP and even arcane tricksters rogues in general are RP heavy. Yeah. Because they're not really made for the battle. They're made for, you know, sneaking and getting things and stealing things and assassinating people and that kind of stuff. So they're RP heavy characters. Mm -hmm. They don't have to be. I've actually played rogues where they were actually the tank, which is yeah. sad, but it's it, true yeah. when you play with magic users because they have crappy constitution. <laughs> but it's it's a lot of fun. The RP heaviness on them when they're trying to talk their way out of situations or stuff like that, it's it can be a lot of fun. And I'm going to take Death Strike just so Robbie can introduce his thing. Mm -hmm. So Death Strike starting at 17th level, you become a master of instant death, which is awesome. Uh, when you attack and hit a creature that is surprised, it must make a constitution saving throw, which is DC 8 plus your dexterity modifier plus your proficiency bonus. So if your dexterity is high enough, this could be a, a 16, 17 saving throw. Yeah. Which and, and it's a constitution base. So if it's against any magic user, they'll lose. And, and you have to read the best part. On a failed save, double the damage of your attack to a creature. <laughs> I've heard like three jabs at a magic user. I will always jab magic users. Yes. Uh, but that double damage, man, is... I mean, chef's kiss, right? Yes. I mean, especially yes. like at, at 17th level, if you've taken any feats or at least your ability score improvements, if you're if you're doing it smartly, you at least have a plus four, if not a plus five modifier to dex. So plus your proficiency, plus your proficiency, which at 17th level is plus four. So you have a plus nine, essentially, or plus eight uh, so, to. Yeah. So it is a 16 or 17 DC at 17. Yes. Yeah. And then just continuing on to, you know, like a level 20 character, you could add extra shit to that. And then that's not including if you have magic items that help you or if you've read a magic book that helps you uh, get a better dexterity uh, modifier, you know, all of that extra stuff. You're almost guaranteed, almost guaranteed uh, an assassination, death strike, double damage on 
let's say with, a CR with advantage. Yeah, with advantage. Let's say a CR twelve and below, pretty much instantaneous win. Like, I, I, there's a there. I mean, there's a few that could probably beat uh, a con save in that range of of CRs, but at level twenty is plus ten d six. Yeah, that yeah, that's sneak attack damage. Like, even if it's not double damage, it still hurts. Yeah. <laughs> So, Bone Daddy. Yes. The magic user of the rogues. Yay. Arcane tricksters. Yeah. So, the arcane tricksters are ma- are rogues that decided that magic was cool. Because magic was cool. And, uh, Read the damn paragraph, Bone Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, some rogues enhance their fine honed skills of stealth and agility with magic, learning tricks of enchantment and illusion. <laughs> uh, these rogues include pickpockets and burglars, but also pranksters, mischief makers, and a significant number of adventurers. Because if a world has magic in it, you might as well use it. <laughs> <laughs> so I will I will say that Arcane Trickster was my first rogue ever. That was who Illidine was. Uh, granted, it was in an Eberron campaign, uh, so there was a little bit of changes that I made. Um, and we can definitely get to the extra subclasses and, and ways of customizing your rogues uh, in later episodes. Um, but yes, uh, as Bone Daddy says, you get spell casting at third level. Um, so you get you become a you essentially become a half caster. Yeah. So um, you're not a full you're not a full caster, but you do know you do get access to some spells and you get spell slots assigned to you. Um, but what I really want to talk about was like the the way that they made magic versatile with the arcane trickster when it comes to mage hand you know how people every time you use mage hand um players are like some players are like can i do this with mage hand well no well can i do this with mage hand well no well no no further here's your mage hand ledger ledger main it's at third level you cast mage hand you make the spectral hand invisible and you can perform the following additional tasks with it. You can stow one item in the hand holding. You can stow one item the hand is holding in a container worn or carried by another creature. You can retrieve an object in a container worn or carried by another creature. And you can use your thieves tools to pick locks and disarm traps at range. You can perform one of these tasks without being noticed by a creature. If you succeed on a dexterity check tested by the creature's wisdom. And in addition, your bonus action granted by cunning action to control the hand which to be honest is really cool it's it really, awesome. really powerful yeah, yeah. It, it is it, it's almost op because like when, if you can pick a lock that has a trap on it from like 30 feet away i mean that's handy yeah you can put it in people's bags it bombs grenades i mean all sorts of stuff you can so, poison. Yeah. Listen, the you know when we're talking about if you want an assassin's guild, an arcane trickster can absolutely be in an assassin's guild. Uh, oh yeah. So can, so can thieves. But instantly, I have thought of, hey, um, assassin buddy, make me a poison, and then later use that poison in your mage hand to uh, I don't know, place it inside their healing potion. Okay. Which would be awesome. <laughs> Could you imagine? I mean, that's we're talk about like, you know, okay, this bad guy has no idea. We've just poured this poison into a, a healing potion. He's got it on his belt. He's all hunky dory. He sees you, decides to initiate combat, 
and you get him to about half health and I don't know, he pops that healing potion and for some reason <laughs> dies. <laughs> I, it's just, it, it is one of those dark things uh, that rogues can do. Um, lots of fun. <laughs> and uh, as you can tell, this is literally my favorite class. Uh, magic it ambush. Is <laughs> it is my ambush too. at starting level, uh, ninth level. If you are hidden from a creature, which we have already discerned is very easy to do, uh, when you cast a spell on it, the creature has disadvantage on any saving throw it makes against the spell this turn. So use every kit and caboodle that you've got in the rogues to hide and then cast a spell on a creature and it has disadvantage on that saving throw. Um, that's super fucking handy. Oh, so handy. <laughs> Amazingly handy. Because that's know. that's the bane of, of all players, right? I have this badass yeah. spell. I'm going to use it. Oh, uh, well, he saves. Like that's, it, it, you're, you know, it, it hurts as a story weaver sometimes to be like, I'm sorry, but I rolled a, a you know, an 18 or something. Okay. And and I don't know, Crown of Madness didn't work. But if you have, you know, advantage or disadvantage on that save, your story weaver might roll an 18, but then also roll an at one. And that's it. <laughs> Done. I have and to what see what the spell list looks like for the Arcane Trickster. But if the Arcane Trickster gains access to certain spells, that is huge. Uh, Especially damaging, yeah, <laughs> huge. There, I will say this: their their spell list isn't that expansive. No, because they're half casters. Well, spell scrolls, exactly. There is that, and if you get the high enough level on other things, though, you can cast those anyway. Yeah, but okay. So this is this is a, for RP in a game. This is like one of my favorites. It's it's versatile trickster. Which is at thirteenth level, you gain the ability to, to to distract your targets with Mage Hand. <laughs> As a bonus action on your turn, you can designate a creature within five feet of the spectral hand created by the spell. Doing so gives you the advantage on attack rolls against the creature until the end of the turn. Huh. So if you use that, it's like it's you're getting ready to attack, and you just like bitch slap the creature, <laughs> and it's like what the hell, and you stab them with advantage. I mean, come on, yeah. <laughs> You've, it's you've it's great and it gives you advantage advantage is amazing and if you get a bitch slap somebody in the in the process it's good yeah it's love good. it uh and just as a a side note uh the spell list for arcane tricksters is the wizard spell list of illusion and enchantment class uh schools um oh still, i know <laughs> yes <laughs> Uh, I mean, but honestly, and and to be honest with listeners, that is a very small portion of the wizards class. Uh, The wizard class is so much bigger, but there are some really good spells in there. Especially enchanters. Enchanters have some really, really powerful spells, especially ones that have really high saving throws that you gotta gotta hit. So, Mm. I mean, hey, uh, the level 20 campaign that we did uh, when Illidan did his uh, storm of a uh, storm of lightning, that was just it. Just so happened to be an enchantment spell. Yep. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was a Helpful. lot of damage. So much help. So <laughs> um, much help. So, last but not certainly not least, <laughs> uh, at seventh at seventeenth level, we get spell thief. 
you gain the ability to magically steal the knowledge of how to cast a spell from another spell caster. Okay, so put it this way, put it this way. It's still a thief just in magic. Yeah. Immediately after a creature casts a spell that targets you or includes you in an area of effect, you can use your reaction to force the creature to make a saving throw with its spellcasting ability modifier. DC equals your spell save DC. On a failed save, you negate the spell's effect against you and you steal the knowledge of the spell if it is at least first level and of a level you can cast. It doesn't need to be a wizard spell. That right there is just atrocious for the next eight hours you know the spell and can cast it using your spell slots the creature can't cast that spell until the eight hours have passed so i'm not saying that you just learned the knowledge you stole the damn spell from his body (laughs) for eight hours uh and then once you use the feature you can't use it again until you finish a long rest uh (laughs) I, I mean, the, what else can you say about that? Like, you, that's that's it's huge. It's huge. You can uh, just steal so, spells and cast it. Yeah, you can steal spells from like priests. Like, say you're fighting like a cult. Yeah, like, you can steal like ritual spells. You could steal like, it, yeah, it's terrible. Say you're you're fighting the Supreme Court against Roe and just yeah. fuck them up. Listen, it's terrifying. If somebody casts disintegrate on you, and you use this. Uh. <laughs> Equally, <laughs> or death. Power Somebody or death. cast death on you. Yeah, power word kill. Yeah, I mean, power flat simple. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, you just have to make sure that you can actually cast that spell. And hey, uh, at that level, you almost can cast power word kill. Uh, maybe at level eighteen or nineteen, I think is when you get it. Yeah. Uh, so hey, <laughs> those level nine spells, man. <laughs> okay, and this episode went really long. Yeah. But it's rogues, and it's just the it's just the player's handbook rogues. So, quick closing thoughts, um, Robbie. What do you got? I can't wait till we do the expanded ones, so we can discuss rogues that I actually really enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, says the Soul Knife, uh, Illidine. Yeah. Um, this is this is my favorite class. Uh, I'm you know I've played all the others, uh, but this class because i'm so rp heavy uh this is the class to do it with i mean yes you can absolutely be great at rp with any other class it it's all based on your creativity and uh what you would like to do with your character but i think that the rogue skill set just makes it a little bit easier because Mm -hmm. of all of the very niche features that it gets you know you're not you're not looking at a disguise kit as a wizard you're, you're purely looking at that as either a bard or a rogue and rogues do it better. Sorry. Yeah, they really do. Um, <laughs> as for me, my favorite class by far, uh, Ranger is a close second, but rogues Ooh, are yeah. it be- because of the, the pure RP ability of them and the fact that you do things in the shadows. And to yeah. be honest, if you have a, a group that's just full of, you know, big magic and tanks having a rogue. Yeah. You're not on the front lines. Your attacks aren't going to do a whole lot, but to help the party off of the attack off of the battlefield in the everyday thing, everyday life, you know, getting money, stealing, just doing stuff like that. It's like, I've always said chaos makes good RP and 
rogues are chaos incarnate. Yeah. And it's it's so much fun. So if you never played a rogue, give it a shot. Yeah. Play a thief. Even, I mean, I'll even give it to, to, to Bone Daddy there. Play an arcane trickster. Yeah. Have fun with it. Yeah. It's a lot of fun to do. And, and you know, for the newer players, don't be afraid of the fact that it was a lot. Like, that's why we're saying this episode was so long. And that's just the player's handbook. Like, we have at least two, uh, two to three other books that we're going to talk about in another episode. Um, it is a lot of information. Do not be afraid of the class just because of that. Always talk to your story weaver and say, hey, you know, this is the first time I'm playing Rogue. Uh, I am going to have a lot of questions. Um, and any good story weaver is going to say no problem and help you through all of the situations. And if you happen to forget how Uncanny Dodge works, there's your your party, your table, uh, but there's also YouTube videos. There's there's all kinds of resources to learn exactly how that stuff works. Um, so don't be afraid uh, and have fun with it. That's the whole point, right? Uh, yeah. As the, the final closing things, uh, if we missed anything from the player's handbook only, because we're going to do another episode in other things, uh, let us know in the comments or in uh, our email. This dungeon is occupied podcast at gmail.com. If you have a funny or cool rogue story that you want to share, also email us because we would love to hear them. Uh, and a huge, crazy, huge shout out to uh, Penny, uh, Michael. He uh, has joined our Patreon. Uh, he has joined the Terrors, Ranger, uh, Terrors Rangers level Uh and uh, so he he gets uh, bonus episodes. He gets a podcast art sticker. He gets the behind the scenes content. He gets an extra bumper sticker. He gets the NPCs of the week. He gets the town of the month. He gets general support from our Discord channel, which is private. Uh, which, by the way, you could get for a dollar. Uh, and uh, Tavern Talk with Tobin and Illidine. And also, we just recorded one. Uh, we did a little bit of back and forth on our thought process of how to uh, go about creating extra info in uh, my current campaign. And we just threw out some ideas and talked about that shit. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Michael Penny, uh, for being our first patron ever. We're super happy about that. Uh, thank and- you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And for those of you listening, if you... Uh, like this content and you want to get it sooner you just can't get enough of it join our patreon man we we usually do it at least a week out uh if not two weeks if we have enough recordings to do so uh so you get your content earlier than everybody else that's listening on the podcast and all of that extra shit uh so patreon.com slash this dungeon is occupied uh and remember to check your dungeons because this dungeon is occupied What's up, Weavers of the Realm? As always, thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, If you haven't already, click that like button and subscribe or follow us on your chosen platforms. It goes a long way to help us grow. Uh, And if you liked the intro music that we just used, it was made with the help of The Hobby Hub on YouTube and Saturn Imaging Production Company. Uh, Also, if you want exclusive content like NPC of the Week, Discord access, and behind the scenes, Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash thisdungeonisoccupiedpodcast. And of course, the link to our merch store, social medias, and all the other podcast uh, platforms are available on our link tree in the show notes. Good luck in your games, steal everything, and have fun.